Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithRoy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithRoy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana, and today we are doing part two of a five-part series that I have titled Dark Matters, Working with Some of Life's Most Difficult Emotions. And man, oh man, do I have my hands full today. We are going to talk about anxiety. And I'm just guessing that of all the dark emotions that we humans can experience I'll bet you anxiety is the most frequently experienced emotion. This, is, this one is very common, but just because it's very common does not mean it isn't a nightmare. It doesn't mean it's not a really big deal because, you know, it really is. And so, again, I come to this topic like I did with loneliness last week with kind of fear and trepidation that I want to do the topic justice, that I, I want to point you in some directions that will be very beneficial. You know, it's like, a, what is the Hippocratic Oath, right? Do no harm, right? I'm, I'm not an MD, but man, I don't want to do any harm. I really want to provide some ideas that you can experiment with, that you can try and see if they work. Now, they've proven to work in my life and thousands and maybe even millions of people's lives, you know, over the decades and the centuries and the millennia, because the things I'm sharing about these emotions, the wisdom really is rooted in, you know, the, the wisdom that has come from thousands of years of exploration as people have paid attention to the human condition and so forth. So I know that they work, but you have to find that out in your own experience. You have to try these things, you know, to actually not just hear what I'm saying and say, oh, that sounds good. And, oh, that's, that's an interesting way of putting it, Roy. No, the idea here is that you actually practice, like sit down and actually practice the techniques I'm bringing you when you feel lonely or this week when you feel anxiety or next week, when we talk about insecurity, the week after, resentment, and then we wrap up with depression. The, I want to be as practical as I, po- as I possibly can. In other words, okay, Roy, when I feel this, what do I do? Right. So that's what I want to bring to you. And then you have to decide whether you're going to try it. And then you let me know, hey, Roy, that didn't work at all for me. Am I doing something wrong? Am I missing something? Perhaps not. Right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I, I 100% know that the perspectives I'm going to share on these emotions will, uh, will bring like immediate relief. I think so, but that would be awfully presumptuous. But I am challenging you to practice and see what happens. So the next thing I want to say, and this is something I said about in the loneliness episode that I am under no illusion that what I'm going to share with you is like everything that can and should be said about this topic, right? These are huge topics. They're complicated. There's layers to them. There's a lot of different directions that you can come at them. So I'm, I'm not discounting anybody else's wisdom on this. I'm not coming against any other perspectives. I'm simply sharing this one that you get the opportunity to practice and try and see if it makes a difference. Okay. Now, the final thing I want to say in preparation here is that I'm hoping that these five podcasts become podcasts that you sort of keep in your pocket. Meaning, you know, I'm going to touch on loneliness and anxiety and insecurity and resentment and depression. And so these are emotions that come up 
in our awareness pretty damn frequently, right? And so I am hoping that once you hear these things, you will remember that they exist. And then whenever you feel that emotion, oh, I'm going to go back to podcast number 102. That was Roy's podcast on anxiety. And I want to listen to that because right now I'm really feeling anxious. And now I can use that podcast because it's really relevant to me in this moment. Okay. So I hope you listen to the podcast as they're aired, but then I hope you remember that they are available to you to go back when you really need them. Because right now in this moment, you might not feel anxiety or like last week, you might not feel lonely right now, but there's a good chance that you're going to at some point. And then, Oh, what are, what, what did Roy have to say about this topic? Because now I'm feeling it. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. Now let's jump into this monster of a topic, anxiety. And I want to do basically three things. I want to talk about like, what is anxiety? Okay. So, so what is it? I think getting an understanding as to what it is and what's happening in us is going to go a long way to finding relief. Okay. So what is anxiety? Secondly, I want to talk about why does it arise? Like, why do we experience it? And there is an answer to that. You can get to a bottom line. So I, so I want to share that. Like, why do we feel anxiety? Why does it come up? And then lastly, the money, what do we do about it? All right? What's the techniques? What do I do when I'm feeling anxious? Okay? So that's my little mini outline. So let's just jump in. What is anxiety? Well, first of all, notice that anxiety is an emotion and therefore it's like any other emotion. It is energy in the body. It is E motion. It's energy in motion. It's energy moving in or on the body. That's what any emotion is, whether it's happiness, horniness, anger, sadness, or anxiety. You know, and anxiety is a form of fear, right? When you're anxious about something, you're scared. A lot of times we can differentiate between being fearful or feeling scared and anxious. It can feel a little bit different, but it's certainly in the, in, in the fear family, Correct. So anxiety as an emotion is energy moving in the body. Now, this is important because we could ask, like, what's in a name? And when you recognize that any emotion, and especially anxiety, is simply an energy moving in or on the body, there really isn't the need to label it. Right now, in some contexts, it's it's helpful to be able to say to ourselves, "I feel anxious," or "I feel angry," or "I feel sad." Right, but those are those are labels that your mind is giving for the energy and the sensations that you are aware of happening in the body. Right. So, what is anxiety? Well, let's drop the label for a moment, because when you start saying, oh, anxiety, it's like you almost give it more importance maybe than it deserves. It's like, oh, anxiety. Like that, that's like, that's one of my issues with in the medical model, they label things as disorders, right? You have anxiety disorder, you have this disorder. And it's like, oh my God, now I've got anxiety because I've got a disorder. <laughs> I'm anxious about my label. It's like, oh, I've got this big thing now, right? And so I'm not saying that disorders are not real and so forth, but I think you get my point. It's like when you, if you just think of anxiety, you drop the word and say, what's the reality of what's happening right now? And what you might find is most likely in your stomach and solar plexus region of your body, you're feeling something going on in there. 
There's a fluttering. There's a tightness. There's a queasiness. There's a butterflies. There's a flock of butterflies. There's a, a churning, uh, right? So the if 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 emotion is e motion, energy in motion, then anxiety is energy in motion, and there can be a real possibility of of feeling more grounded and getting a better perspective if I quit calling it anxiety and just say, my stomach is doing flip-flops. There's a fluttering and a tightness and a, a, I, I feel like I could puke right now. Because, you know, a lot of athletes and performers and variety of people, when they're feeling really scared about something and anxious about a performance or a sporting event, they'll throw up before they go on stage or on the field, right? So, so anxiety and fear are really, they really show up in the belly, in the solar plexus, in the stomach. And so the first step is, you know, what's in a name? Well, there's a lot in a name. You make it worse by, by giving it some major label. Oh, my God, I feel so anxious. What if you were just were to describe what is actually happening? Drop the label that your mind is using to try to, you know, communicate it or to identify it a little bit. Just drop the name and just speak about what is completely unarguable. And that is that my stomach is in knots. My stomach is churning. Like I could puke. I could throw up. I, whatever it might be. Just doing that, it just sort of gets you in touch with, oh, okay, so, yeah, there's a lot of activity in my solar plexus region. Okay. It, it's almost like that's more manageable than I've got anxiety disorder. I've got, I'm anxious, right? It's like, because we, we speak about these emotions as if it, they are who we are, right? I am anxious. It's who I am. No, it's not. It's an experience you're having. It's not who you are. Do you get that? It's something you're aware of. It's something that's happening in the body, but you aren't the body. You can't be anxiety because you don't always feel anxious. So if you are anxiety and then you don't feel anxiety, does that mean you don't exist? Right? So who you are is very different than whatever emotion is arising in you. Now, that's a really important distinction. Because we often say, I am angry, or I am sad, or I'm lonely, or I am horny, or whatever. And we get so identified with the feelings that we believe it's like who we are. But just changing the wording to being more accurate to where I say, I feel anxiety. I feel anxious. I feel sad. I feel lonely. Now it's just something that I'm feeling. It's not who I am. And right there, it creates a little distance between you and what you're experiencing. There's just a little space in there, right? But when you make it into an I am statement, um, that feels heavier. It, it is heavier. And of course, it's inaccurate because you aren't a feeling. You are the, that which is aware of a feeling. So let's harp on this for just a little bit, okay? If I look out my window and I see a tree across the street, okay? If I can see the tree, then I must not be the tree, correct? <laughs> right now I'm looking at my microphone, right? If I'm looking at it, well, then I'm the one over here looking at the microphone, right? There's a subject object relationship to the tree or the microphone or my computer screen or my calendar that's sitting here on my desk. Okay? That's so obvious, it's ridiculous. You know, why are you saying that? Because something weird happens. As soon as something is happening on the inside of the skin, 
See, if anything's outside of us, we have no problem saying, yeah, there's the doorknob. Well, I'm not the doorknob. I'm the one looking at the doorknob. But as soon as something's on the inside of us, we lose this perspective of subject-object. There's this feeling on the inside. Oh, I am I'm anxious. No. I'm the one looking at the anxiety. I'm the one who notices the stomach and the fluttering and the pukey sensations. Do you follow? What I'm saying is noticing anxiety feelings is no difference than noticing a doorknob. It's just something you're looking at. It's not who you are. You're the one looking at it. You're the one aware of it. Now, this brings an enormous amount of freedom because just because I'm looking at the tree doesn't mean I have to do anything about it. It doesn't mean anything. Like the tree is not, it's not, a, the tree isn't personal. It's not about me and who I am. The microphone is not personal. <laughs> It's not about me or who I am, but we get these feelings and all of a sudden it is personal. It's about me and who I am. And I'm here to tell you, no, it's not. Your feelings are not personal and they're not about who you are. They're just something you're noticing. And it doesn't matter that you're noticing it on the inside of your body. Same goes for thoughts. You notice thoughts, you notice feelings, you notice sensations. There's a subject-object to this. You are the awareness. And as awareness, you're noticing what's arising, what's showing up. And there's no difference between what's inside the body and outside the body. Do you get that? <laughs> it's a little weird to think of it. But there's no difference between what you notice outside of your body or inside your body. You're still noticing it. And whatever you notice is not you. It's not you and who you are. It's not personal. It's just something you're arising. Now, this perspective just gives you a chance of not getting so overwhelmed by feelings of anxiety. It gives you a chance to, to not feel trapped in it. To not feel like the victim of it, like it's like you are its slave, like it's controlling me, it's dominating me, it's got me, it's like I'm I'm like anxiety is a straitjacket and it's wrapped around me and I can't move. It's it's trapping me. No. There's a little space when you recognize. That I, who I am, is the awareness, the consciousness that just notices all kinds of things. And one of them is pretty intense anxiety that I can drop that label and say what I notice is all kinds of action going on in my stomach, in my solar plexus. Maybe over my whole body feels tense and there's a vibration. And because, you know, when you're really scared, sometimes you shake like a Labrador in a thunderstorm, right? The, the labs usually are, they have some sort of innate fear of thunderstorms and they shake, they quiver. It's fear, right? So this shaking, this quivering all over the body or in the stomach, you are the one who is aware of it. And we'll get to this in a minute, but the awareness isn't quivering. The awareness isn't queasy. The awareness is the space in which these things are happening, but the awareness is calm. The awareness is simply aware of what's happening, but it is unaffected by it. So let me give you sort of a metaphor about this. You go to the movie theater, right? Big giant screen, okay? Now, the movie might be a horror film. It might be an action adventure, might be some drama, might be romantic comedy, right? So there's all kinds of different movies, but they all appear on the screen. The screen is the space in which the movie appears. 
it appears in or on the screen. But the screen itself is unaffected by whatever is showing on it. It's simply the space for the movie to to appear. And when the movie's over, the screen is just there. It's unaffected. If there was a fire in the movie, like a wildfire in some action adventure, the hero's trying to save people in a wildfire, when the movie's over, the screen isn't burnt. The screen is not affected by whatever was shown on it. You, who you are, is the screen. You are the space or the awareness in which you notice things. Things are, they're, they're kind of appearing on or in your consciousness. They're, they're being shown on you, but you are unaffected by it. There might be this anxiety in the belly and all this going on, but the one who's aware of it is unaffected by it. It's just something that's appearing here. Now, that doesn't mean the sensations are not intense. Okay? I'm not saying that at all. It doesn't, doesn't mean you don't do anything about them. I'm going to give you techniques here in a minute. But the foundation of all the techniques are to recognize that you are not anxious. You are simply experiencing sensations that your mind is describing as anxiety. But you, as the awareness are unaffected by it. Now, it's a lifetime of spiritual journey to begin to really feel the truth of what I'm saying, to really know that your identity is the screen and not anything that's happening on it. What's happening on it is just, it's just what's occurring. It's no big deal. Oh, right now it's a happy movie. Oh, right now it's an anxiety movie. Right? You do know that your feelings change all the time, don't they? It's different feelings all the time. Even if you have an anxiety disorder, you don't feel anxious every minute of every day. You certainly don't feel anxious when you're in deep, dreamless sleep. Right? Because the mind is completely quiet when you're in deep, dreamless sleep. But you still exist. Right? The screen is still there. There's just nothing on it. <laughs> that's why we love sleeping so much. It's like when we go into that deep REM sleep or whatever it is, when we're not even dreaming, it's like that is absolute bliss. It's absolute peace because the mind is finally shut up. It's not worrying about things, talking about things, freaking out about things, wanting things, liking things, disliking things. And we get a, it's like the only time we get a moment's peace is when we're in deep dreamless sleep, but we still exist. There's just nothing on my damn screen. But the more you know yourself as the screen, it becomes more and more clear to you that it doesn't matter what's on the screen. It just comes and goes. It changes. Life is impermanent. Whatever's here now is not going to last. If it's it's a really wonderful thing that I'm experiencing, that's not going to last. If it's a horrible thing, it's not going to last. It all comes and goes, but I remain. So if I am not what's happening, do you see how that gives a little space to, to not be so overwhelmed with the feelings and to not take them so seriously? See, because a lot of the challenge with these emotions, it's not the actual sensations in the body. It's, it's how much we don't like it. It's how much we want to get rid of it. It's how much we resist it, right? It's, we have such, we, we have such a, a, a fight with our experience. That's where the real suffering comes from. Yeah, my stomach is in knots. Right now I could puke. Okay, that's fine. But we make it mean something about us. Well, see, that means I'm just scared. That means I'm not very brave. That means I don't know what I'm doing. Something's wrong with me that I feel this way, right? We start taking it personal. We make it mean something about us. Now we really got a problem. Now longer, no longer is it just a sensation in my body that's arising quite naturally. Now it means there's something wrong with me. 
it means that I, I'm going to be a failure. It means people are going to laugh at me. It means I'm not safe. It means whatever, you, whatever we make it mean when we have these emotions. It was the same with loneliness. Loneliness, we should even drop that. That's just a label. All loneliness is probably a kind of a hollow, heavy, empty feeling at the center of our chest. That's, that's really what it is. But when we call it lonely, it's like, oh, I am lonely. Well, then we make meaning like, oh, nobody wants me. There's something wrong with me. I'm not lovable. No, it just means you have a hollow feeling in your chest. It doesn't mean you're never going to meet anyone. <laughs> It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're unlovable. But you see what the mind does. The mind makes you take it personal. And then when you take it personal, oh my God, now you really got a problem. But the sensation itself, it may be uncomfortable, but it will pass because all sensations pass. And it's really, if it's just a sensation, okay. Um, I can deal with the sensation. I can take some breaths. I can try to relax my tummy. Maybe I'll go ahead and throw up and just, just let it come out. But it's just a sensation moving in or on my body. But when we label it, oh, anxiety, right? Now I'm anxious. And now that means something about me. I'm a coward. I'm a pussy. I mean, who knows what, how, how you'll interpret it. And now you've got a problem. Now you're going to be anxious about your anxiety. <laughs> Do you see it? <laughs> you see what happens? So that's what anxiety is. Okay? It's energy moving on the body, but it's not who you are. And so I want you to live with that metaphor of the screen and what's appearing on the screen. And initially, you are not going to be able to find any separation between you and what you're experiencing. You won't be able to feel into the awareness. And notice awareness has no qualities. It has no reactions. It is complete emptiness. That's why the Buddhists call, that's, that's what the Buddhists mean by emptiness, is that it's the screen. It's, there's nothing there. It, it, there's no qualities to consciousness. It's just the space in which stuff appears, like in outer space. It's just empty space. And then there's planets and, you know, moons and stars and comets, right? That's the stuff. That's the, you could say, if we look at outer space as a metaphor, you could say the space is like your consciousness. The emotions are all the planets and galaxies and all the stuff that's moving around and doing stuff. But all of that is just appearing in space, but the space is unaffected by it. Space doesn't have any qualities. It's empty. That's who you are, actually. You are the emptiness in or on which things appear. But again, initially, you're not going to be able to sense that. But your first step might be opening up to the understanding just maybe cognitively starting to grapple with what I'm saying. And then the more you try to feel into the space, you might find a little space between you and your feelings of loneliness, anxiety, insecurity, resentment, depression. And when there's a little space, now you can work with it easier because it's not such a big deal. It's not the end of the world. It's not who I am. It doesn't mean anything. And that gives you a little bit of ability now to work with the experience that's showing up. Does that make sense? All right. Now, question number two. Why do we experience anxiety in the first place? Why does it even arise? Now, this is going to be so simple and so obvious. It's going to blow your, it's, your head's going to explode, right? You, I'm telling you right now, you're going to think I'm oversimplifying and it can't be this way, but I'm going to encourage you to open up to what I'm saying here 
as to why we experience anxiety, I think if you do, it's going to start to resonate. Okay? So, why do we feel anxiety? Well, first, because we have this innate knowing that we don't have control over just about anything. We don't, we have some control over some things, but in the grand scheme of thing, things, you know, when you get in your car today and go to work, or if you're in your car right now, I mean, you don't have control over somebody blind, blindsiding you. You, you don't have control over probably whether you're going to lose your job, if your company downsizes, if you get cancer, if you, I mean, you don't have any, you know, when your children leave their house and they go to school and they go off with their friends, you don't have any control. Right. I mean, so there's this sense that even though we think we have control over our lives, there's something in us. There's a deeper knowing that recognizes that we're sort of vulnerable. We, we don't really have much control. In other words, as I said in a couple podcasts previously, we somewhat know deep down inside, damn it, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Right. Now, that isn't the reason you feel anxiety. The reason you feel anxiety is because your mind has made up what it is that you want and you don't want. So stick with me here. On some level, you know I don't really have control over most things. Life is like a box of chocolates. I don't know what I'm going to get. But the mind says, but this is what I want. I I know I don't know what's going to happen, but... I want this and I don't want that. I want this to happen, but I don't want that to happen. Right? The mind has preferences. Remember a podcast many, many months ago, you know, there was an ancient Zen, uh, Zen master that said, you know, uh, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. <laughs> okay? <laughs> right? But your mind has preferences. And so even though it knows I don't have control of everything, I am going to try to control everything. I, 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 I'm going to try to get what I want and I'm going to try to not get what I don't want. And that's what's causing anxiety. It's because, in fact, Michael Singer said it this way. He was in a room of like 80 people giving a talk and he looks at all of us and says, you know, I don't know any of you, but I can tell you why you feel anxious. You feel anxious because you're afraid that you won't get what you want or that you will get what you don't want. Am I not right? When you boil it all down, forget about the details. Forget about what exactly that you want or don't want. That changes from person to person to person. Forget about the details. You feel anxious because I might life might not go the way I want it to go. Or it might go the way I don't want it to go. Right? So... <laughs> This is why we feel anxious is because we aren't surrendered to life. We're not okay like Forrest Gump was. We're not okay with life is like a box of chocolates. I don't know you don't know what you're going to get. So when you open the box and you bite into one, eat it, enjoy it. That's what you got. Surrender to it. Be with it. Right? Be in alignment. Be in acceptance. Be in surrender to what is. Drop your preferences because life never asks you what you want, right? I mean, I'm sorry, God doesn't come to you and say, uh, you know, here's your box. Uh, what kind of chocolates do you want in your box, right? If, if you go to the store and you buy a box of chocolates, you can specify, I think anyway, you can specify what you want, you know, in your box, right? But that's not how life is. <laughs> so, so you don't get the pick. Okay, so I want I, I, I want to graduate college and, and get straight A's and then I want to get a great job and then I want to meet this wonderful person and we're going to fall in love and we are never going to have an argument. We're going to be great. No one's ever going to cheat on anyone. We're going to have 2.3 kids and have the white picket fence and you know no one's ever going to get sick. No one's ever going to have a problem. My kids are never going to get, you know, going to get a DUI and, and, and it, you know, we're going to have great friends and great vacations and never a financial worry and you know, and, and we're going to live to about 110 and then we aren't even going to get sick and die. We are just going to decide one day that, you know what, I'm calling it quits. And so my life 
was going to have no suffering to it. There's going to be no problems, right? Okay, hopefully you're laughing at that. But that is sort of the way our minds work. Now, because we know that we can't control it, then we're going to start feeling anxious. Oh my God, what if things happen that I don't want to happen? What if life doesn't cooperate with my mind, with what I want? What if life gives me something that I know I do not want? I do not want a partner to ever cheat on me. But you know people are unpredictable, right? So you're going to feel anxious, aren't you? Because I don't want that person to cheat on me, and yet I can't control that. Do you, do you see where anxiety comes from? It comes from our minds saying we want life to be a certain way and we don't want it to be that way. And because we can't control it, there you go. Your stomach is going to be in knots. Is that too simplistic? It really isn't. That's the root of anxiety. It's thought generated. Some people think it's situational generated. Well, I've got this big golf tournament. Oh, it's the final round of PGA Tour qualifying. Oh my God, right? It's the situation that's making me feel anxious. Um, I've, I'm taking the bar exam today. I'm taking the CPA exam. Oh, that, that's why I feel anxious. No, it really isn't. It's the thoughts. It's the thoughts to say, if I pass, if I don't pass the bar exam, people are going to laugh at me. I'll, uh, people think I'm a loser. Uh, X, Y, or Z is going to happen. It's, it's how you're thinking about it. It's not, it's not the test. When I, I faced, what, six or seven final rounds of PGA Tour qualifying. I was successful twice. And it, it's just another round of golf. But in my mind, it's like, oh my God, this is the tour. And if I don't make it, this is going to be embarrassing. Um, it means I'm not good enough. It means I'll never make it in the future, right? And so it's not the situation that makes us feel anxious. It's how we're thinking about it. It's how we're framing it. It's what we're making it mean. So anxiety is almost always thought generated. And the thoughts are, this is the way I want life to be. And I don't want it to be that way. And because you can't control any of it, <laughs> you're going to feel vulnerable. Make sense? Now, there is another category here besides thought generated anxiety or situational and then thoughts because of it. There is something called trauma-generated anxiety. Meaning, when you're feeling a lot of anxiety, you might really be able to know in the moment, at least your mind tells you, well, here's why I feel anxious. My 16-year-old is going out with his driver's license for the first time, and he's picking up his friends, and they're going to go to watch a high school basketball game. And he's driving the car by himself for the first time. Okay, you, I know why I'm fucking anxious. Because <laughs> I know how I was when I was 16. Crazy shit I did, right? So you, very often when you're anxious, you sort of know why. Yeah, it's the last round of PGA Tour qualifying. Or yeah, it's the, the day of my bar exam, right? Or it's the first date with somebody I think is really cute, right? Okay, I know why I'm anxious, right? But other times... There can be this sense of anxiety, or I, I should be more specific. Your stomach can be fluttering. It can be tight. It can be wanting to puke. You can feel that tension. The butterflies, for apparently no reason at all. Like, I'm, there's no real problems in my life right now, but I, f I feel anxious, I feel, right? That's because some things happened a long time ago in your life that you didn't know how to process. No one taught you how to feel the feelings. Perhaps there was, you know, an abandoning situation, 
a traumatic, traumatic situation, abuse, neglect, some sort of punishment, some sort of event that was, you know, like a PTSD type of event. And you didn't know what to do with it. You didn't know how to handle the feelings. Either you didn't have the skills or nobody was there with you to help you skillfully feel the trauma and the experience you went through. So what happens when you are not able to feel the feelings and process them, which means you're, you kind of let them move through you, you let them go, the trauma experience stays in the body. It gets buried in there some, somewhere. Don't, don't ask me how, like at the cellular level, I don't know, but they get buried in the body. It's like when, when something comes into you, through, in through your senses that you can't handle, you repress it. You push it away. Now, when you push something away without actually being present with it and feeling it and moving it through the body, when you, when you don't know how to do that, when you repress it, it doesn't go away. It, it's, it's stored in the basement. It's down there. And so it's in the body already. And so that doesn't need a reason to feel anxious. You can feel chronically anxious, right? So if, if you're listening to me and you feel like I have chronic anxiety, like it comes up and I literally can't think of a reason why I feel anxious right now. There's nothing happening. There's nothing in the near future. There's... There's no worry thoughts. There's no, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I, there, I, I have no, I, there's no why. I don't, I, I can't see it. Then there's a chance that you have repressed feelings that are stuck in the body and they are just barking at you from the basement. Honor me. Notice me, right? They're screaming at you from the basement. Let me out of here, right? They're, you got them chained up in the basement and they don't like being chained up and they want to get out and they're yelling and they're screaming and they're making a racket, right? And they're, they're screaming at you, pay attention to me. Come down here and sit with me. Unchain me. Let me express myself. Let me be felt. Let me be honored. Let me be welcomed. Let me up out of the basement into the living room and, and, and let me tell you how I feel. Let me tell you what this is like. Right? So there's a little different kind of work that you do if you have this chronic trauma generated anxiety. And I'm not going to give you techniques to deal with that in this podcast. In a sense, I am, because what I'm going to share with you on how to deal with your anxiety when it comes up. It is what you would do if we were working on deeper trauma together privately or if you were working with a trauma specialist, they would be doing what I'm going to teach, but to a greater degree, to a deeper intensity, okay? So what I'm going to share in this last question, what do we do about the anxiety when we feel it? What we do is the same for thought-generated situational anxiety versus trauma generated. It's just to a different degree. Okay. So why does anxiety arise? It's because we want to control the uncontrollable and we have our preferences and I don't want this to happen. And I do want that to happen. And because we know that we really can't make life be our bitch. Okay. <laughs> We are going to be anxious because of it because, oh my God, the things I don't want to happen really could happen. And the things I don't want ever to happen, no, those could happen too. So, right? So that's why it arises. Now, what do we do about it? Okay? Well, the first thing is there are medications. There are legitimate medications that can help. Now, I don't believe the medications ever fix the root of the problem, but they can be pretty good band-aids. They can give you relief, right? And sometimes it's wise if you're having, you know, a lot of anxiety, if it's, it, maybe it's not chronic, but it's really frequent 
to take some anxiety medication because it can give you a sense of grounding, a little sense of the ability then to do what I'm talking about. Because if you're really in the throes of anxiety, you might not have the bandwidth to practice what I'm talking about. So it's sort of like, yeah, those things can make you feel better so that then you can start to bring the spiritual or mindful approaches to anxiety. And then maybe they, they work together. Maybe you have your mindful approaches and you have your medical medicines. Okay, so I'm not telling you to stop taking medications and I'm not telling you that somehow if you do, there's something wrong with you or you're not spiritual. God, no. There are those in the consciousness world that would tell you that and they're just quacks. Okay? Just like there's people in the medical world that will tell you the things that I'm sharing is nonsense. Well, that's just, they just don't know. Okay, so Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. All right, so... um Medications are something to be considered that can give you a kind of relief so that then maybe you can feel stabilized to the point where you can start to practice some of these other things. So what do you do when you feel anxious? Well, I want to share with you what's called the triple welcoming process. This I've stolen from Hale Dawaskin of the Sedona Method, okay, Sedona.com. Hale Dawaskin is an enlightened master. He put together this process, which he calls the triple welcoming. And what it is, it's three questions that are all asking you, can you welcome your reality? And underpinning the triple welcoming process is the understanding that it's your resistance to what's happening that is the problem, not the problem itself. Okay, I got queasiness in my stomach. Okay, there's queasiness in my stomach. But it becomes a problem when, oh, I don't want this. I want to get rid of this. Well, it's already here. So now you're fighting your reality. Relief comes when you're able to accept and not resist what is already true. And what you'll find is when you stop resisting it, then what's already true is going to be allowed to take its cycle of impermanence. You're going to find it shifts and moves and you're going to find relief naturally when you just take your hands off of it and just let the feelings move through your body. They will go if you just give them the space to go. There's been research. When we don't fight our feelings, they last 20 seconds to a minute tops. Now you're not going to believe that until you try this. But if we can drop our not wanting to feel what we feel, if we can drop our, our resisting it, if it's, if it, if it's no longer an enemy, if it's, if we no longer make it a problem, it's just what's here. It's just not a problem. Then it will follow its own life cycle. And, and you will find a shift happening quite quickly. So this, this process of being with anxiety and this triple welcoming can be used for any of these feelings. You feel lonely, you can welcome your loneliness, right? We talked about that. We, in fact, I mentioned it last week, but I'm going to go more into what, what does welcoming actually mean, okay? So... When you're welcoming, what's happening, it takes its own, it moves through its own life cycle, you will find resistance. So that's what these three questions are. They, all three questions start with, can you welcome some aspect of what your reality is? That's something that you're doing. Can you welcome that that's what's going on? That that's what's true? Okay? So when you're feeling anxiety, the first question is, can you welcome what's here now? What that means is, can you welcome the sensations and the emotion and the thoughts that are present around what you're calling anxiety? Because if, if, if you say, Roy, I'm anxious, I would say, how do you know? Well, my stomach is doing this and I have thoughts about I got the bar exam or I've got a first date or whatever. So I'm saying, okay, that's what's here, right? Yes, that's true. All right. 
Can you welcome that? Can you not push it away? Can you just let it be? Can you allow it to be here? And it's just a yes or no question. If you can't, that's okay. If you can't, then maybe I ask you, can you welcome the fact that you can't welcome your reality? <laughs> and, and then maybe it's okay that you are just fighting it. That's fine. Okay? But the first question is, can I welcome and not resist what's here now? The anxiety, the emotions, the thoughts, and the whole thing. Okay? Are you welcome here? Okay? The second question is, can you welcome that you are wanting, like underneath the anxiety, the reason it's arising is because you're wanting approval from someone or something, and you might not get it, and you feel anxious? Or are you wanting security in some way to feel safe, to feel protected, and you're anxious that you might not be safe? Can you welcome that you want to control and you're afraid, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to be okay. I don't know if I can control this and I feel anxious. Or can you welcome that you want to be one with someone or something? Like you want to feel, you want to belong, you want to feel connected, you want to feel, um, yeah, like a oneness with someone or something. You don't want to feel disconnection. You don't want to feel isolated. You don't want to feel separate, right? So right here, there's some wisdom that whenever anxiety is arising, really, whenever we're feeling any of these dark emotions, it's because we're wanting something that we're not getting. And those wants are approval, security, control, or oneness, those are the four core wants of any ego, of any human being. We have these core wants. Everybody wants to feel approval, liked, loved, appreciated, noticed, like we, we matter. We, we, we all want to feel approval. Don't even argue with that. <laughs> we all want to feel secure. We want to feel safe. We want to feel protected. We, right? We want to feel grounded. We, Right? We want to, yeah, we want to feel safe. We want security. And we all want to control, right? We're all control freaks, right? We all want to be okay. We want to make the world be the way we want it to be. We want it to line up with what our preferences are. We we want control and we want to belong. We want oneness. We don't want to be disconnected, isolated. These are normal wants. And whenever whenever we don't feel like we're gonna get what we want, emotions arise. Whether it's anger, sadness, fear, jealousy, boredom, overwhelm, stress, those things arise because if you look deeply, you want approval, security, control, or oneness, and you're afraid, you're anxious that you won't get it from outside of you, okay? So the first question is, what's here now? Can you welcome all the sensations that are present? physically in your body. The second question is, can you welcome the wanting, the want that's not being met, that you're afraid you won't have? Can you just welcome that you're wanting approval, right? You're going on a first date and you kind of really like this person and you're going in and you're, you're anxious. Why? Because I'm wanting approval. I'm wanting him to like me. I'm wanting her to like me too. I want, I want him, I want her to be impressed by me, to want to see me, to not reject me. Yeah, okay, I'm anxious because I'm wanting approval, right? Can you welcome that? See, if that's not a problem, if you're not trying to, you know, push that away, if you're just noticing, yeah, that's what's here, that's why I feel anxious, uh, can I welcome that I'm wanting approval? Can I welcome that I'm wanting control? So if we drop our resistance to reality, or the reality is I want control. The reality is right now, I want to feel oneness. I want to feel connection. Or I want to feel approval or security. Okay. The moment you welcome it, it loses some of its power. It's like, yeah, okay, you're going on a first date. Of course you want, to, you want approval. You can just let it go. Okay, so those are the first two questions. 
And I, I know you just have to try this to see if it happens, <laughs> to see if you find relief. First of all, can you welcome the sensations? Just let them be. Allow yourself to feel all the anxiety in your tummy. Right there, you're going to feel it shift because you're not trying to push it away. You're like, okay, oh, yeah, take a nice deep breath. You're welcome here. You'll, you'll feel a shift right there. That might be it. You don't even need the second question. But the second question is, okay, so let's go, let's dig a little deeper here. So why am I feeling so anxious? I'm wanting something that I'm, that I can't control, that I can't get, and it's making me scared. Well, what is it? Is it approval, security, control, or oneness? Just own it. Can I welcome that I'm wanting that? Yeah, I know I can't control it. See, just being with that, without resistance, that that's what I'm doing, you, I'm telling you, you really will feel a shift. You'll feel yourself let go once you say, oh, shit, I'm just wanting to control everything. My son's going off and he's 16 years old in the car. Of course, of course I'm wanting to control, right? I'm letting go. I've trained him. I've raised him. You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. I've done everything I can to prepare that boy to drive that car and to be a, a smart, sensible kid. Uh, I, after that, it's out of my hands. So when you notice that you're wanting to control, when you don't have any control, because he's gone, and you're sitting in your living room watching TV or something, and freaking out about it, what's he doing, how fast is he driving, is, is anybody drinking, you know, all that shit comes through your head. So those are the first two questions. Can I welcome what's here now? Can I welcome any wanting? And again, if the answer is no, well, that's okay. I, no, I can't welcome. I can't welcome the control thing. I, I can't welcome that I want to be liked by this person. Okay, well, then you're just going to be in turmoil, which is okay. Then be in turmoil, right? The last question is, notice that when you're all upset about these things, this is what I said earlier. You're taking it personal. Like the anxiety is about you and who you are. It means something about you. Oh, this means I'm a coward. This means uh, I'm not prepared. This means uh, I'm going to flunk. And this means people are going to think this way ab about me. Right? You're, you're, aren't you making it personal? Right? It's not just energy moving in the body. This is my anxiety, and it means something about me. I've got a disorder. I've got this whatever. So the third question is, can you welcome that you're taking it personally? <laughs> can you welcome that you are taking it personal? That's why you're so upset. That's why you're, you're so triggered. That's why you're in the anxiety. It's not just something that's arising in my body and passes away. It's about me and who I am. It's not something that I, it's not the doorknob. It's not the tree that I see. I, I, I don't in this moment, I'm not the screen. I am what's appearing on the screen. It's personal. It's about me. That's what's happening. If, if, it, if it wasn't personal and it wouldn't bother you, right? If anybody ever does something and you notice, oh, I kind of, I kind of took that personal, well, the reason why it bothers you is because you took it personal. <laughs> but if, if it wasn't about you, like here's an example. Let's say you overhear someone, you're, you're at a party and there's a person standing a little, a little bit across the room and you hear them say something like, um, something like, oh, that, that, that person's really awful at their job. And for some reason, you think you heard your name. Right. Let's say your name is Kathy and you could swear that that person said Kathy's really awful at her job. Right. And then let's just say that you told someone about that because, you know, now you're triggered. I mean, she's talking about me. It's personal. Right. And that person said, whoa, 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 no. She was talking about Randy. She's like, Randy's bad at their job. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, never mind. Right. Because now that you know it wasn't about you. And who you are, 
then it doesn't bother you, right? <laughs> but it's when you think it is about me and who I am, when you're taking it personal, that's why. So this, is, this question is asking you, can you welcome the fact that you're just taking it personal? That you don't see yourself as the screen in or on which these things arise. You're making it mean something about you. There's something wrong with you. You should be able to you sh- you should be able to handle this. This shouldn't bother you. However, you're making it, it you're you're making it personal. So it's can you not resist your reality? The reality is can you not resist the physical experience of anxiety? Can you not resist that you're that you're wanting something? And you feel anxious because you don't, you're not getting it or you're afraid you won't get it. And then can you welcome that you're making it personal? That it's about who and what you are. And then the last question, and I'll finish with this. And this is tied to that screen analogy. In the midst of all of that, all the anxiety, the question is, Can you rest as that which is aware of all of this, but unaffected? Can you rest as the screen that is aware of what's appearing on it, all the sensations, the wanting, and the taking it personal? Can you rest as that which is aware of all of that? but yet unaffected by it. It's just on the screen. It's not who I am. I'm the screen. It's just images, sensations, feelings, thoughts that are popping up and disappearing. Pop up, disappear. Pop up, disappear. They come, they go. They come, they go. I am. I am. I'm always here. I'm I exist. These things are impermanent. They're not who I am. They're just pictures on the screen. Can I rest as that which is aware of, but unaffected by? Now, if you can't, join the crowd. Okay? That's the highest, deepest spiritual question that anybody will ever ask you. Can you rest as that which is aware, but yet unaffected. Can you be what the Buddhists call imperturbable, equanimity? I'm just present with what is unreactive because I'm not taking it personal. It's not who and what I am. It's just an impermanent, temporary occurrence. It's fine. That, 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 is the, that is enlightenment. When you know yourself as the screen and not what appears on it. Ooh, mama. Well, okay. So to net it out, okay, what do I do when I feel anxious? Sit down, ask yourself these three questions and just answer them. Can you welcome what's here now? Can you welcome it? Second question. Notice that you're wanting something, approval, security, control, oneness. You are. Can you welcome whichever one you're wanting, but you're afraid you're not going to get? And then third, you know you're taking it personal. That's why you're anxious about it. Can you welcome that you're doing that? Can you just lovingly give yourself a big hug and welcome that this this is what's here? I don't resist it. Do those three things and then tell me what happens. And these questions take you no more than two, three minutes to ask. Sit down on your couch, edge of your bed, take a couple deep breaths, ask yourself these questions and see what happens in your belly. See what happens with that anxiety. You might have to repeat this. But that's okay. Moment to moment, you can welcome your experience. But you will feel a shift. You will feel it move. You will feel relief. 
by asking the three questions. Can you welcome what's here now? Can you welcome any wanting? Can you welcome that you're taking it personal? Okay. I just opened a huge can of worms there. Okay. Huge can of worms. Um, there's going to be plenty of, yeah, what about this boy? <laughs> that's, that's okay. So I want you to follow up. If you need coaching with this, if you want to go deeper in the trauma, if you, you know, just whatever, I'm right here, Roy at coachingwithroy.com and 407-687-3387. So until next week, when we deal with the topic of insecurity, take care. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.